yeah, I dropped out of college. I had to move in with my parents. I couldn't hold a job. You know, it was a, it was a fucking mess. So I never had this like clear, like I graduate college and then I enter the adult world. That never happened. It was more, much more gradual as I healed. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, and I have such a fun episode for you this week. You're basically coming over to my house right now for a slumber party. I'm sitting down with the sister duo, Scout and Maddie of the OK Sis podcast. We're doing a little episode swap. So I am also on their podcast this week. And it kind of just feels like we're all powwowing on the couch with some blankies and having girl talk. We chat about how they grew their side hustle podcast into a brand and some tips for anyone interested in doing the same. We also go deep and talk about sibling dynamics and growing up with mental illness in the family. Then we lighten things up and I borrow a little segment from their show. And I'm going to say borrow, not steal, where we talk all about our current obsessions. So everything from the shows we're currently binging to the skincare products we can't live without to money saving and even stock market tips. I mean, you know, girl stuff. No, but we've had some serious episodes lately. And this is just like a super fun, relaxed one with a little bit of something for everyone. So without further ado, get comfy, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I'm sitting here with Scout and Maddie. We just, I just did up their podcast. It was super fun. And now you guys are on mine. This is like, we got a swap going on. Welcome to the show. Ooh, oh, you're not a podcaster. You. You're not a podcaster until you've done a pod swap. Back to back. <laughs> I know, back right? To back, back to back, baby. I know. It is, it is no joke. Um, I'm so excited to have you guys here, though. I've been like binging your show and I really, really love it. And you guys are two sisters. You started this podcast together. You have like all this stuff going on. I figured you should give my audience a little bit of a rundown of like who you guys are, what you're doing. Give us the spiel. Yeah. So we, I, I'm Scout speaking. I am the older sister to Mads. And we started OKSIS podcast uh, two years ago now, a little over two years ago by the time this comes out. And we really started it as kind of a way to get closer, to talk every week, um, as well as to interview some of our girl crushes. And what has happened in the last two years has been beyond our wildest dreams. We bring on 
an amazing rad female guest every single episode. We chat about our current fixations and have kind of created a little cool sisterhood going on of like-minded women who tune in and you know, try all our current fixations out and uh, make fun of probably me more than Mads. <laughs> that was a good elevator pitch. Good job, Scout. Thanks. Usually Maddie does it, but I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be vulnerable and bold and try this out. No, that's awesome. You know what? You know, what's funny. Actually, you guys probably don't even realize this, but when I started Big Kid Problems, I almost called it the big sis. Like I always, I, I love like the sister element. I never had a sister and I always like wish I had an older sister to like tell me shit. And so like, I kind of wanted to, to create something where I was like giving more advice and stuff. And then oh I was God. like, no, I'll just stay with big kid problems. But well, I mean, I, tell I guess Maddie big kid shit, problems. But I don't think she, she listens to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, I think big kid problems is obviously a little more encompassing um, of all the genders. But for us, I mean, sisterhood is something so sacred. And I think it, that's kind of the whole MO of OK Sis is like you feel like you're at a slumber party with your sisters. And it's just, it's a fun time. That's so fun. That's so fun. So over the... You guys have been doing this for two years. What's been like the most exciting thing that this has brought? I mean, there's so many things. I mean, it's hard to pick one. I would definitely say the relationship that Mads and I have created and strengthened is really never what I thought our relationship would be. It's so insanely close. We're ingrained in each other's daily lives. We've become kind of each other's person in that sense. And that's super beautiful. And then there's three things I'm always surprised about. Two, the people we get to talk to on a weekly basis like shocks me. Like one of our big kind of milestones was we did a live event at the Dream Hollywood Hotel with Cassie and Michelle Randolph and booked out the place. And it was so surreal to then meet the women that listen to us every week and the community that we've cultivated to see it firsthand. Because as you know, on the internet, like it's either a like or a download or a comment or whatever it is. But to actually see someone face-to-face that is invested in the things you're saying is so rewarding and such a surreal experience. So it's kind of been... I mean, that really technically hits upon all three things a podcast does. But the relationship with my co-host, my sister, the amazing women we've been able to meet, as well as the amazing community we've been able to cultivate. It's pretty amazing. And honestly, like I don't want to brush over it either. Like What you guys have been able to do is pretty incredible in like a short amount of time. And I know... like. People always message me about like podcasting and stuff. Like, where do you think was the turning point for you guys? Like, what do you think was like the moment that kind of took it to that next level? I think, well, for us, we've always been both realistic about the guests that we approach, but then also very aggressive in, and, you know, we had very ambitious in the type of guests that we wanted to have on the podcast. I mean, I always went into it saying we have to do it in Los Angeles just because the caliber of guests there is just more to my standard and and what I want to achieve with this podcast. I want to really have the opportunity. And I think, Sarah, you can attest to this. Like, In what other capacity can you just DM or email your role model or someone you admire on the internet? Be like, hey, can I talk to you for an hour and ask you any question I want? Like, it's the biggest scam. Like I cannot believe more people are not in podcasting. It's amazing. So that's really what I wanted. I mean, obviously, you know, with, with Scout, it was a good um, way to deepen the relationship and yada, yada. But there it was this element where I was like, oh my God, like this is an excuse to grow a network, to speak to girl crushes of mine and really connect with individuals and obviously share that with the community. So I think like in the beginning... 
we got, you know, Shawnee Darden, who is this incredible celebrity esthetician in Los Angeles. And she was like, so down to pod with us. She's like, I love podcasts. Like I'm coming on. And we were just like, oh my God. And it kind of just snowballed after that. Like, and then just people that we've been following forever, like Sivan Ayla, I mean, Skinny Confidential, as we said, and just, it has been, it's been wild. I mean, Lauren Elizabeth, I just, I mean, it's, uh, what more can you want? We're just like talking to these girls. It's incredible. No, it's amazing. Do you guys have like a secret, like how you get such great guests on? Like, I'm actually genuinely curious. Honestly, no. Like we really just DM and email. And I don't know if it's the fact that we like go in energetically, like, hell yeah, we'll ask them, you know, instead of being timid or reserved or have doubts. Like Mads and I really think that, you know, we, I don't know if the right word is worthy to talk to these people, but that we can have a really great conversation with them and that they'll get something out of it as well. It's a total win-win for both parties involved. But we really went in pretty fearless. And I think I think a tip that I could give actually that I think Mads and I did really well without actually knowing we were doing it is that we got certain guests on that hadn't really been on that many podcasts. So mm. their audience was super stoked when they when they saw this person they were following on a podcast because, you know, I think now there's a lot of guests where they've been on 20, 30 podcasts, they've done the whole round. And so when they share it with their audience, it doesn't hold as much weight. But when Mads and I were starting in the beginning, like Heather McMahon hadn't had her podcast yet. And so that was a really Pia, big one Pia for us. Pia was just about to launch her podcast. Liv Perez. Yeah. Like, it's like all these women, I think they also wanted to go on podcasts to practice a little bit. But I think hmm. there's also this element that we, I think we got a reputation that when you come on okay, sis, it's not necessarily like a PR stunt for us. Like that's not really what we're here for. Like, yes, of course, we're going to highlight your your product and your entrepreneurial pursuits, but it's also about having a fun time, having a laugh, kind of, you know, letting loose. It's, you know, we do it in our mom's house on the couch and like we're all cozied <laughs> up and like, in all these blankets. And you feel like, as we said, we try to simulate a sleepover. And that I think helps women, either entrepreneurs or influencers or whoever we're speaking to, it lets them relax. And they kind of forget that like PR, like bullet points they're supposed to hit. And it becomes just a discussion that all of us feel really comfortable with. Oh my gosh. I wish we were all doing this on a couch covered in blankies right <laughs> I now. Know. I know. I was going to say, COVID has changed the podcasting experience so much because we only used to do in person. And like, mm -hmm. yes, like we've gotten really good at connecting and like creating those connections over Zoom. But there's nothing like sitting on like our mom's couch, you know, cozied up on a blanket with my dogs bothering the shit out of everybody recording a podcast, you know? <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing quite like it. I can't wait for the day we can all just be in person again. Me too. I do miss it too. Yeah. I miss it too. Um, in the spirit of that, like, kind of like sitting on the couch, getting into girl talk. I am curious with you two. I mean, this is the Big Kid Problem podcast. Like, let's get into like what your big kid problems are. Because they're probably different. You guys are different. You have different... I want the dirt. My big kid problem is kind of serious and kind of very heartbreaking. But my big kid problem right now is at the age of 29... I am actually like on a cellular, visceral, energetic, and emotional level, understanding that I'm an adult in the context that I'm not my parents' kid anymore. If that makes sense. Oh, so, oh interesting. So I'm seeing myself as an entity that is completely separate from a family unit that I grew up in. 
and allowing myself to not necessarily allowing myself to act independently regardless of their input feedback or comments and make my own decisions understanding that they could have financial relationship or whatever consequences they might have knowing that I have to hold myself in that space. And I've, I'm 29. I've been an adult for a while. I've been financially independent for a while. But it was the emotional cutoff, I think, is my big kid problem that like, oh, I can make my own decisions. And not that my parents have ever been controlling or anything like that, but we're so involved in one another's lives. All of a sudden, I saw myself as this person. It's almost like, obviously, this is really terrible to say, and I don't know the experience, but I can imagine that when someone loses a parent, they feel like it's just them on this earth, right? Like I mm. am actually starting to think like, oh no, my life is just me. It, it doesn't have to be tied to my parents anymore. And that's a, it's not, it's not understanding that your parents are human. That's a different big kid experience. It's understanding that you are your own person and you are in control of your life and that you don't have to run anything by anybody anymore. Except my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Except that person. It's funny. Like, I love asking people their big kid problems because everybody has such different ones. Like, for me, it's so weird. Like, I, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I haven't, I haven't had that connection. Like, I feel like I, I disconnected from my parents when I was like 14. Like, I was like, I was like, I am on my own and I'm my own person. Like, why are you telling me I have to be home by 11 p.m.? Like, I don't know. Like, emotionally, like, I feel like I just disconnected really, really early on. And now I'm like, I've been on my own for so long that actually the idea that I have to like run th- even things by like a husband is like crazy to me. You know, like and yeah. I'm about to I'm about to get married so I'm like I got to learn how to I got to learn how to coexist. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing and it's I don't know why it took me so long. I think it's cuz I'm super codependent. So I think I like meshed myself with my parents and I like want to take care of them and you know whatever, but now I've like I remember when it happened, when I realized it, I literally was crying and I felt like I was 17 years old about to go to college. Like it felt, <sighs> it felt like that step for me, like that big of an emotional step for me that I was like, whoa, this is a complete cut from, you know, it's well, crazy. Think- and Maddie has such a different <laughs> perspective with them. She doesn't have this at all. Yeah. Well, what I, what I was going to say is uh, my hypothesis in this, in this scenario is that you have bipolar disorder. So mom and dad obviously supported and not, not coddled is not the right word, but they were your support system. They were your lifeline, you know, helping you through this mental illness, making sure you survived it. And so, of course, you have some codependency on them. I mean, can you imagine? And I just never really had that. Like, I obviously am very open and very close to my my parents, but it's not this like tethering that I think mm. maybe is more ingrained in your mental health than it is in mine. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because they were my supports. They were like, not just my you know, up, you know, my financial, like go to college, we'll pay for college. Or like, we were very lucky to have financially supportive parents, but they were the reason that I could like survive certain days. And so mm-hmm. it's very, very good, Mads, because I just this year became emotionally independent with my disorder. And that's when I had the realization with my, this is all, this is like blowing my it's mind. It's all coming together. It's yeah. all, all coming together. 
That's so interesting too. Because I mean, we've talked a lot about mental health on this uh, podcast. And I actually haven't uh, had anybody with bipolar disorder on. And I am I can imagine like as hard as it is for any of us to like adult and enter the adult world, like going from that and having your parents like take, you know, make sure that they're taking such good care of you and then having to enter the adult world. Like I feel like it, it almost makes it even harder. Yeah, I didn't enter the adult world. I know. I- <laughs> I dropped Just out of college. Yeah, I dropped out of college. I had to move in with my parents. I couldn't hold a job. You know, it was a it was a fucking mess. So I never had this like clear like I graduate college and then I enter the adult world. Well, that never happened. It was more much more gradual as I healed. Interesting. When do you think like and so do you feel like um was there like a moment where you feel like you said like it was such a mess like when you left college and had to do all of that, was there like a moment where you started to come out of that? Yeah, like I started working as a barista and going to community college again. That year was really good. It was when I started taking on more responsibilities. Um, So that's when I started when I was 22. I became more functioning. And then um, it's... But it's still... Like I still have to manage it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I think since... I think at least from my perspective, since starting the podcast and then since you starting your agency and starting your own business, like those yeah. are the two ventures that, I mean, and I'll be honest, I was a little skeptical going into a project with Scout because I have seen her give up a lot in mm-hmm. the past. And that's just, that is a function of having bipolar disorder and not being able to you know, continue on with with commitments and things like that. But I can tell, I can say with complete, like, just, I mean, the past two years have been incredible progress and the dedication. And I think it's because you've found something that is just like so uniquely you. It feels so right to you. And I think that's what makes you like propel on and, and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty big trajectory from, like you said, like dropping out of college, moving in with your parents, and now owning your own agency, having a super successful podcast. I'm like, holy shit! Like, where, where, what, what happened in the middle there? Like, what kind of, what a can lot. we? What can, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Was there anything that, like, with your treatment or you know your healing that like really stands out to you as something that like got you onto that path? Yeah, my husband, when I started dating him at the age of 21, he said, if you're depressed and hopeful, I can stay with you. But if you're depressed and hopeless, I won't be in this relationship. And it was the first time that someone said, get your shit together. Like, I don't, I don't care that you're depressed, but you have to be taking action. You can't mm. just sit there. And so this radical acceptance of like the fact that just because I have an illness is not an excuse to fuck my life up. And to let it burn and to do things like that. Like I have, and that's what started me on my journey, which took years to like sort out. But, you know, and that's, I mean, Sarah, I could go on, you know, there's so many things, but you know, I think once you come to a point where you realize that no one's going to save you and no one can save you and no one should save you is when you start taking responsibility for your days. Totally. Totally. I mean, I've even had that realization like in in adulthood, you know, like realizing, oh shit, like nobody's going to come solve 
this stuff for me. Like I kind of thought like, I remember being single and being like, man, when I find my future husband, all my problems are going to be solved. (laughs) More problems. No, no, no. (laughs) I think something, I mean, a huge big kid problem that I have come to terms with this year specifically is acceptance. I think Scout's really good at acceptance. I mean, she's had a lot of uh, practice with her mental illness and just like accepting these negative parts of yourself. I mean, I, when I grew up, I was seen as the like happy, positive child because Scout was, you know, depressed and, and, you know, still is, but just, you know, it was coming there. (laughs) That was, it was a lot. So everyone looked to me for this kind of brevity and this lightness. And I'm, you know, as you can probably hear from your eardrums, I'm very loud and I'm, I have a very booming presence. So it but it took a toll on me because I would sweep a lot under the rug. I would not, I thought negative emotions are bad. They are the devil. Let's like not confront them. Let's not even deal with them. And it took until, you know, two years ago for me to go into therapy and to really understand that that way of growing up has hindered the the relationship I have with negative parts of myself and negative emotions and the way I react to challenges and adversaries. I just, I break down and I don't want to deal with them. I I really, I have tough time with confrontation, with hard conversations. I just want everything to be, you know, happy and whatever. And this year has been the first year where I really am starting to see that negative emotions are are not bad. They're not, they don't, they're actually really great for us. They cause progress. They cause growth. They're in, it's in those. And again, we need to like re, you know, rebrand negative emotions because it's just, (laughs) that's not, you know, what they are. They are just, you know, painful moments or challenges or stress and this. These are things, these are tools that we can transform into incredible opportunities and growth. And I think it took me until now to like really accept that and accept the holistic view of yourself, not just the beauty and not just the positive parts. Because that's not it's not life. It's not sustainable. It's not realistic. And that that's a real hard big kid problem to come to terms with. That is a really hard one. And Mm -hmm. I'm interested because I know you mentioned like therapy helped you through that. Like, is there any tool like that you got from therapy that helps you do that? Because I'm actually trying to do the same thing too, where I'm like, you know, not everything can be positive. Not everything can be like, "Eh, we're just going to brush everything aside and make everything good. But it, it, it is hard to like sit in that in the negative. So I'm yes. curious, like, is there anything that you do to help with that? So it's really interesting. We had Tina Marie Clark on OKSIS and she is the founder of the Shift Stir Method. And she essentially has like step-by-step what you're supposed to do when you're in a moment like this. And the biggest Tell step that everything. I... I know. <laughs> so first is like, you recognize... I actually, I should probably know. It's like it's all words that start with an S, but it's first like you recognize that it's happened or something has happened to you. And then the second is you sit with it and you you have to sit with it. You have to either, whether it's an hour, 24 hours, what have you, you need to sit with it. And then you kind of can talk to whoever you need to kind of understand how you're going to react to it. And then you react. So with me, you know, just even little things, like a, a friend would text me, 
in the middle of the day. And it was like a criticism of something I did. And I'd be in a work call and I'd, we, I'd just break down, freak out, have to read it in the moment and respond in that moment because I didn't want anyone to have an issue with me or da, da, da. What I should have done is been like, okay, interesting, like approaching it with curiosity rather than this intensity and aggressiveness and shame and, you know, uh, you know, craziness and just approaching it like, okay, let me just, you know, put that aside. It'll be there when I'm done. I'm sh- let me just read it. Okay, let me like internalize it. What was it actually meaning? Instead of this gut uh, reaction to responding, which look, I, <laughs> I, I'm still learning this, but this is kind of things that in the moment you can tell yourself. And it's just an awareness and it's more this like curiosity and this like flow rather than this like adrenaline intense, energy. And if you're able to in that moment, which it's I'm, it's way harder than I'm saying it, but if you approach with curiosity, it kind of the shame around it uh, disseminates a little bit. And not judging it. Like that's the worst. Like my depression would get worse or anxiety when people gets worse because they say, I shouldn't feel this way. This emotion is wrong. That's judging an emotion, which like totally flares it up. If you just sit there and not judge it and not make it wrong and know that you don't need to make it go away and that you don't have to rush to get it away, but rather it's here to probably tell you something. It's just this Mm. full non-judgmental accepting what's happening to you. And it goes away so much faster. Like seriously, so much faster. Like I always say sometimes, I don't know if you listen to Sarah Blondlin on Insight Timer. She's amazing. In one of her meditations, she's like, take one step further. So sometimes when I'm really anxious, I'll be like, you want to fuck with me today? One step further. And I will literally take one step further into the anxiety and be like, well, that didn't kill me. And then it just kind of like, it just diffuses. Oh, wow. I like that. I like that tactic. That is, I think that's actually really strong advice. And I don't know, have either of you guys read uh, Glennon Doyle's new book? Oh, have we read <sighs> Untamed? Who has read Holy Bible? Holy Bible. We are we are untamed influencers at this point. Like the <sighs> amount of people that we have influenced to purchase this book, like it is life changing. This book it is, is so good. I don't understand how she does it. I I literally don't understand how the words she writes. Like I'll be scrolling on Instagram and I'll see like the super pink Beverly Hills stereotype girl reading Untamed. And then I'll see like the goth, super punk indie girl reading Untamed. I'm like, this book crosses all boundaries and all lines. It speaks to everyone. But that was one of the big things she talked about that I like totally took away from that book is just like, yeah, not trying to fix everything right away, like sitting in your emotion. And it is it is such a thing. And I, I try to remember that too. I mean, like even in relationships, like when you're getting into like a fight with like your significant other, you're like, Hold on, we're gonna sit with this motion for a hot second. We're not gonna, we're not gonna react. So I think that, yeah, that is that's great. Mm-hmm. Look, sounds like you guys are working through your big kid problems just fine. Oh, uh, we try, we try. Yeah, I'm curious with you guys because you guys are sisters. You guys are co-creators. You work together. You do all the things. Like, what happens when you guys fight? How do you get through that? We, we don't actually just re- kind of, we don't really fight. And if we do, it's like this explosive minute. And then we're like, yo, you want to go get a glass of wine? Like, it's just so, like, we were literally fighting, Mads, remember, at the dinner table in Palm Springs? And then we were fighting and, like, yelling at each other across the dinner table with our whole family. And then I was like, yo, can you just, like, pass the green beans or something? She's like, oh, yeah, here you go. And then we stopped. 
And our stepdad was like laughing on the ground. Oh my God, I, I honestly, like, I don't even remember what you're talking about. Maybe oh, I was we got into out. a really big fight. I think we were like kind of being mean to each other. We said something rude. And oh. um, then we were oh. like, oh, can you take my picture? Or something like stupid right after, like in the middle of it. And, and then it just ended. And then our stepdad was like, what just happened? <laughs> right. And I think, I mean, we've said this before, you know, starting a podcast with your sister, a lot of people ask us like, how the fuck do you do it? Or like, oh my God, I want to start a podcast with my sister, but I could never because we're just so different or we would kill each other. And honestly, Scout and I didn't know how we were going to work together. It was very fortuitous that it worked out and that both of us actually complement one another very, very well. But I think something that happens when you work with family is there's just this like radical candor and candidness. Like you can just say whatever the fuck you want to them. You do not need to worry about hurting their feelings. Like it just, it is, it's kind of takes out all that like tiptoeing that you would do when you're working in a more like structured, even if you're working with friends, you know, you still don't want to like hurt their feelings. You want to phrase it some way and da, da, da. With us, it's just like, I'll just be like, no. And then we move on. That's a business decision <laughs> at OKC. <Okay Citizens. laughs> and like, I don't know. It just, it gives for a lot of, there's just no bullshit. There's, there's, it's cutting through all that. It's just, let's get to the meat of what we're trying to do here. And um, that helps we with also the honesty have, and transparency. We also have like complete trust in one another because we're sisters so we would never, you know, do something to harm the other person or, you know, mm. try to go behind their back to get more spotlight or be the one that like breaks out by themselves or whatever the fuck people do to other people. You know, like we would never do that ever. We would never like I. So we trust each other with everything because she wants the best for herself, which means that she technically wants the best for me because I'm involved. You know, it's kind of selfish at the same point, but we would never do anything. We would never do anything to jeopardize our relationship as well as the well-being of one another. Yeah, that that is so true. And that, that is such a, a nice thing about like family is like, you know, like the other person's like can't go anywhere. <laughs> like you can't escape each other. But like that is interesting when you talk about like partnerships outside of family where like one person could have like bad intentions. Like I think of like the call her daddy girls where, mm. you know, like it Oof. starts, there's like an imbalance there and one person's doing more work. And then, the, you know, like it's just, it's interesting that like you guys can kind of like, like not have to deal with any of that shit because I've like you're on such a different level. I've done partnerships. I won't do them again. I literally will not do a partnership except for my sister for the rest of my entire life. I will not do it. It will not happen. Unless I have 51% of the business, I will not do a partnership. They are so insanely difficult. They are more difficult than marriages, in my opinion. Like way more difficult than marriages. I've lost friends. I have gotten into so much stupid business lawyer shit that is so not me. And it just, it's hard. It's really hard to do a partnership. It is. I, I am with you. I completely agree with you. I mean, that's why I work by myself. I'm like, <laughs> I call the shots. I call the shots. If some, if I mess up, it's okay. If my coworker's being a bitch, it's me. So <laughs> it's fine. You're you like, know? did you hear what Sarah said today? Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. actually, I do say terrible things to myself all the time. Oh, so no. that's, that's kind of accurate. <laughs> 
I don't know about you guys, but the big kid in me loves a big bowl of cereal. Like it is so nostalgic. Growing up, I would just crush a giant bowl and watch Saved by the Bell before school every day. But as I got older, I had to give up my cereal obsession because I realized it's so full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. So that's why I was ecstatic to learn about Magic Spoon. It is a healthier, more adult-friendly alternative to your favorite cereals with the same great taste. I actually did a taste test on Instagram a few months ago because I just like didn't believe it. I thought it was too good to be true. But each Magic Spoon cereal has zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. They're keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And they come in your like favorite childhood flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I don't know about you guys, but I was like a fruity cereal kind of gal growing up. And Magic Spoon brings me right back to the glory days. I really don't know how they get it to taste so much like regular cereal, but I guess that's why they have magic in the freaking title. So if you're jonesing for a bowl of cereal and want to keep it healthy, just head over to magicspoon.com slash BKP to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code BKP at checkout. You'll get free shipping. And when you support a sponsor of this show, it really helps make these episodes possible. Oh, and Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you try it, you don't like it for any reason, they're going to refund your money, no questions asked. So again, that's magicspoon.com slash BKP and use that code BKP for free shipping. Look, we all know we need to drink more water. It improves your skin and mood, increases your brain power and boosts your productivity. It even helps your digestion and gives you energy. I mean, I think I even had a meme recently that was like, if we all have 99 problems, drinking more water can solve like 78 of them. But staying hydrated can be hard. And that's why I love Hydrant. Hydrant is a refreshing electrolyte powder that you mix directly into water to more efficiently and effectively hydrate your body. It contains four essential electrolytes your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc to help your body hydrate fast and stay hydrated. Hydrant is made with real fruit juice powder and comes in a variety of flavors, including new keto-friendly lemonade and pink grapefruit with no added sugar and only two grams of carbs. I've personally been drinking the raspberry lemonade flavor, which is super light and subtle. And actually, Hydrant just introduced its new immunity line available in either lemon, ginger, or hot apple cider, which I am very excited to try. This line supports your immunity with 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C plus B6, B12, and essential vitamins, minerals, and electrolytes with ginger and zinc. I'm a huge fan of Hydrant. I've started drinking them daily to keep me hydrated. And it's not just me. It's loved by pro athletes, top performers, celebrities, and has thousands of five-star reviews. So we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 25% off your first order. Just go to drinkhydrant.com slash BKP or enter our promo code BKP at checkout. Oh, plus it's backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. That's drinkhydrant. Hydrant is H-Y-D-R-A-N-T. 
com slash BKP and enter promo code BKP for 25% off your first order. Okay, so actually I wanted to I wanted to borrow this. This is not a steal. This is I am borrowing this from your podcast because I've been binging you guys and I really like that you do this and I thought it would be fun to bring you on here and do it on on this one. Um you guys do this segment obsession. called current obsessions. Current fixations. Current fixations. People Sorry. always say obsessions though. Don't even worry. Oh, that'll be my they version. They basically are. <laughs> yeah. See, this is this is my version. It's not it's not stealing yours. It's cur- <laughs> this is this is current obsessions. But I love that you guys talk about the things that you are like obsessed with or fixated on in like this current moment. Because I was listening to it and I was like, oh, I want to check that out, or I want to check this out. And I realized on this podcast we don't we don't do that so much. So I figured we could go through a couple of categories, and I want to hear. I mean, I'll I'll say it too, but we can go through our current fixations. Sound. Let's obsessions. do it. This is our specialty. Yes. Okay. So obviously we're a couple of chicks on a podcast. We got to talk skincare. I want to know your current skincare fixation. Scout. My, you know what? My skincare routine. Oh, I know. The, my, I'm trying to vamp up my skincare routine. We just talked about it on our podcast when you came on. So I'm kind of feeling a little, you know, bleh about it. But I will always stand by the drunk elephant F-bomb water mask. That's something like that. It is the most hydrating thing you can put on your skin. And you put it on as a moisturizer overnight. It is like watering your skin with milk or something with just thick nutrients. It's so good. I love it so much. I put it on once a week after I do my baby facial one because I need like extra moisturizing. Um, And I also don't want to use it every day because I want it to last. So that's definitely one of my favorites. Watering your face with milk. That was just <laughs> top of the line. Metaphor? I don't know. Um, okay. So my staples, I'm not going to go through the whole routine, even though, you know. No, your current it, fixation, Maddie, one. What is one, you one thing? You get one. We're not asking for your fucking routine. One. I'm not. I wasn't going to say the routine. That's what I just you were. said. You were. My non-negotiable. <laughs> Number. Okay. There has to be two. I'm sorry. There has to be two. Non-negotiables. <clears throat> I'm going to say them fast. The Fresh Soy Cleanser, the Super Goop Moisturizer, Daily Moisturizer. Um, I like that. Actually, so I use that soy-based cleanser um, as well. I've been obsessed. I've been using that. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll just share mine real quick. I, I am, like you, like you said, like super into clean beauty. I am obsessed with Osea. Uh, I discovered them when I was living in LA. Like I had, I used to use all different types of products. And then like I got introduced to that brand and I literally took my hand and like (laughs) slid it across my thing and got rid of everything else I was using and use Osea. And their hydrating oil is like if I was on a deserted island and I could take one product, like it would be that hydrating oil. I am obsessed. Yeah, their facial oil is insane. I actually, I um, got to interview the... One of the, the co-founder of OCS. So she's going to be on the podcast in a little bit. Uh, okay, next category. All right. What's your favorite money-saving hack? Um, <laughs> I like how you can talk about skincare all day and I say money-saving and you're like two oh, deers with hack. headlights. I have a hack. Open up a retirement fund 
and just put in what you can. Like I put in right now $100 a month because I don't really feel like going through my finances to see what I can actually afford. But I just got it set up because I read... Oh, money tip. Follow Ramit Sethi. He's incredible. He is so good. He's on like every podcast possible. And he talks about... He, the first question he asks you is, what do you love to spend money on? And people can answer it immediately. For me, it's clothing and skincare products and home decor things. Like easy. And he's like, okay, imagine if you could double that, triple that, quadruple that spending. How happy would you be? And all of a sudden, because we're, we're like conditioned to feel bad about spending money on things we love versus on things we need. So he teaches you how to radically like pull back on spending things that don't bring you joy so that you can spend on things that make you happy and that your dollar should be going towards what makes you happy. So for me, spending money on takeout doesn't make me happy. Like if I'm going to spend money on food, it's because I'm going to a really nice place and I'm dressing up and I'm doing all this and I'm having a date night with my husband and I'm putting down. But ordering like sushi and ramen because I'm too lazy to cook doesn't make me happy and it's sucking my bank account dry. So I cook. Mm. Because I'm, mm. you know, I'm, you know, I don't want my money to go towards any place that doesn't make me happy. So if you can kind of look at that, obviously stay within your budget. But if you can think of the areas where you're spending money on things that don't truly make you happy and cut back there and like figure out other ways, your money is going to work way more for you than against you. Wow. I love that little tip. Wow. That was, yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a hot tip. He has a book, Um, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And he also, back to my retirement fund, says that in your 20s, if you start a retirement fund versus if you start it when you're 40, you will have so much more money when you retire that like it's such a no-brainer. Like you're just making money as you live. So I opened up a retirement fund because of Ramit Sethi. Wow. Good for you. Good job, Scout. Um, I have had a retirement fund since I graduated college. So you worked for companies that set it up for you. I never worked anywhere. You can also set it up on your own, but okay. So uh, that I do that. Is that good? Uh, I transfer automatic transfer to the savings. Mm-hmm. Don't even touch it. Don't even know where it is. Don't even see it. It just goes. Yep. You got to do it. Automatic. Set it and forget it. Put it in and just forget it. Don't even... It's like, that's the best thing I've done. Yes. I love uh, that. I I started doing that in my early 20s too. And it's like... I still... I just have an automatic payment that goes out of my bank account into my savings every... Or into a Vanguard account, um, which is... It it just automatically invests that money into a a mutual fund, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah, We got the mutual fund going on my end as well. We got the retirement. I mean, I'm now going to... Uh, my, I'm going to make my boyfriend become my uh, stock broker. Is that what they call it? I don't know. But he looks at stocks all the time. And I was like, yo, get me in this. Here's some cash. Just do it. <laughs> I don't, the stock Girl, market... You don't, need, you don't need no man. You can do it on Robinhood. You heard of Robinhood? I have yeah. heard of Robinhood. But that's like... Isn't that like the, the pennies? And it's just like small cash. No, 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 no. That is... um, That's Acorn. Yes. So Robinhood... Robinhood is a really great app and it allows you to invest. Um, you can pick any stock you want and you can trade, you can buy, you can sell. <clears throat> I got a Robinhood account probably five years ago. I love this story so much. Okay. I love this story. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like that annoying. I'm I've already told this story to like like my fiance like eight times. He's like, if you tell me this one more time, I'm gonna <laughs> actually not marry you. Um 
But when I was 25, me and my best friend, we both, we both got bonuses, end of the year bonuses, $5,000. She got a Chanel bag, beautiful bag. I looked at this bag. I was like, I want that bag. That is gorgeous. I took my $5,000 though, and I had a Robinhood account and I put it into four stocks. And my Robinhood account now from that $5,000 just hit $25,000. Like nice. just from putting it... just I put it in those stocks. I never touched it. And it, now it's completely like, like grown so much in only five years. Like that's not that much time. You know? So I'm like, I could buy five Chanel bags now with that initial investment. So anybody... Yeah. Who, but uh, my, is, my my question is, what stocks did you know to do? That is like where I struggle. It's like, yes, of course, I could buy Matt's Amazon. I could to, buy whatever. Talk to my husband. He does all this. He manages all of our stocks. He's so good at it. He like checks the stock market every day. He yes, like, but is Sarah is telling us. Yes. Sarah is telling us Here, that we don't need thing. no man. I mean, you don't need no man. I mean, this is the let's thing. say this. I'm delegating this shit. I don't want to do it. Delegate, delegate. But this is this is actually one of the things that keep a lot of women out of the stock market. They're like, I don't know stocks. I don't know how it works. I don't know which stocks to put it in. And like, that's the thing is, and Tony Robbins talks about this too. He's like, nobody knows. Like yeah. the guy sitting on Wall Street who looks at the stocks all day long, doesn't fucking know. So you know what? You pick companies that maybe you've heard of that you like. You can look. You can just check out like the biggest companies that are trending. You can go right into an S&P 500 that is just like the main stocks. But I literally, I sat there and I was like, okay, what do I like? Mm -hmm. And I put it into Facebook. I put I put it into Tesla at the time, which like anybody who knows anything about stocks right now would be like, oh girl, that's how you made that twenty five thousand because Tesla actually like went insane. What else did I put it into? I put it into okay, just a couple of random things that, like I had heard of. I just recently I put more into Peloton because I have a Peloton. I love my Peloton. I'm like people and we're are all be in quarantine. Peloton. Yeah. yeah, so like you just like pick a couple companies that you're interested in. You you put in an amount that you're like. If you lost it, that's like my whole big thing. I'm like, if you lost the amount of money you put in, you have to be like, okay with that. Like, yeah, but you're also good. It is if a little bit of a risk. The long game, you'll make you're not going to lose it. Yeah, right, exactly. But like, I'll tell you, like, I also put money into Bitcoin, and I put in an amount. Like, I I made sure to put in an amount that I felt comfortable losing, and like that has been definitely more of a roller coaster. You know, like there have been times where I pretty much like lost all of that, but they could come back. So anyway, Bitcoin, so, Bitcoin so gives me a migraine. I don't even yeah, know. What, I, I didn't even look it up. It's like so weird. I love making money. I just don't like the stock market. Like I don't care. I literally, but I, I know someone has to do it and my husband's so good at doing it. So I'm like, that's, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know if it went down one day. Like I'll look at it when I'm 50, you know, just trusting that he will do it. Yeah. But I just, I, I just have no interest. Yeah. That's the move also is not looking at it every yeah. day. Like I don't look you at can't it. touch it. You just don't touch it. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to our next fixation. Book or podcast? Book. You can name one. Oh, oh. one of oh, oh, book or... Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Currently obsessed with podcasts. Why, uh, this is like the skincare. I could go on forever. <laughs> right now, it is Conan O'Brien needs a friend. I, I think this was the best thing he could have ever done for his career. I was not a Conan fan before this, and this podcast is the brings me the utmost joy 
every week. I laugh. Oh. I never, I never laughed out loud so many times from a podcast. It is just incredible content. I highly, highly recommend. Um, and then book. The most recent really great book I read was called, I mean, other than Untamed by Glennon Doyle, was um, Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. It's a really great like racial satire. I know that sounds weird, but it's phenomenal and it's going to be adapted into a TV show. So everyone read it. It's great. I would say podcast right now, Don't Keep Your Day Job by Kathy Heller. Um, I love the guests that she has on and just how warm the entire thing feels. It's like a warm, inspirational hug. She just had the Property Brothers on, which I was super stoked about. I just listened to the Seth Godin episode. She had Rob Lowe on, which was huge. I was super stoked on that one. So Don't Keep Your Day Job by Kathy Heller. And then for a book, I would say probably the book that's kind of opened my eyes the most this year would be The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. It's a very spiritual book. And so if you're just starting into that, I would recommend to do Spirit Junkie by her first because it's a little bit more like building blocks and then read The Universe Has Your Back. Um, So those, yeah, that would be mine. I love that. I just, I actually, Gabrielle Bernstein, one of her books was going to be on mine. What's her new, not her newest one. It's like Spirit, not Spirit Junkie. Oh my God, I'm now I'm blinking on it. Oh, is it the Super Attractor one? Super Attractor. Yes. So I started reading Super Attractor earlier this year. And then I don't know if either of you guys do. This is actually a Virgo trait. I like to read like five different books at once. Like I'll start something. I'll put it down. I'll read another book. I'll put it down. I'll start something I'm a Virgo. else. I'll I back. do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I started reading that book and I just came back around to it. So like... And I feel like that was like meant to be. Like I'm, I'm reading it now and I'm like, oh, I, I needed it at this point in time. So I'm like almost done with it now. But I... I love her and I love like the way she explains spirituality. Like she makes it so easy to digest. Mm -hmm. Um, Big, big Gabby fan. Um, Okay. Current fixation show to binge right now. Oh, baby. Okay. One. One. (laughs) Oh yeah. I have a lot. I could, I could say a lot too here. Well, one that we both recently binged and loved was Selling Sunset. Just phenomenal content on Netflix's part. Um, and then currently, I have been like knee deep in Friday Night Lights. I have never seen it. I don't know why. Everyone has always recommended it to me and said it's phenomenal. I mean, we're huge One Tree Hill fans. So there's just like, I mean, it is it is One Tree Hill in Texas. I don't know why I didn't think to watch it. And it is, I mean, it's just the perfect binge. I mean, there's so many seasons. It's so heartwarming. I have like the biggest crush on Coach Taylor and he's like a dad and it's really (laughs) confusing, but it's just, it's like amazing. It's the best show in the world. Well, um, my best show in the world that I'm currently fixated on, which I'm kind of always fixated on and I'm watching it, I think for the fourth time is Parks and Rec. It is, will forever and always be my favorite TV show. Um, Leslie Nope is my spirit animal. Leslie Nope and Ben Wyatt are my favorite couple in the world's history. Um, there's just, I know every line. I love Parks and Rec. That's so funny. I love, I'm like, there's so many people. I feel like people are either like team office or team friends or team Parks and Rec, but they'll just watch it like all the way through over and over again. Yeah, I'm a Parks and Rec girl. Yeah. Um, my current fixation show is The Boys. I just got into The Boys on Amazon Prime. It is so good, you guys. It's what is about, it about? It's, 
It's about like superheroes. It like takes place in a universe where like 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 our current universe, but like su- superheroes are like a known thing, and they're like celebrities, and they're all like really bad people, like underneath because like they can get away with a lot of stuff. It's a really good show. It's really witty. I'm into it. Oh wait, can I change mine because to something more yes. to something more current? Because Parks and Rec, like everybody knows, so there is a show on Netflix called "The Girls from Ipanema," and it is all in Portuguese. So you have to read it in subtitles. It's a Netflix original, and it is about these four women who essentially are going through kind of I don't know feminist hoops in the 1950s in Rio de Janeiro. And the main character opens up a music club, which is you can't even get a business license without your husband's signature. Like it's just all these things. And it the costumes are amazing. The acting's phenomenal. And the women are just so strong and badass, especially to see it during that time. And they tackle all sorts of things like, you know, interracial marriages and having a kid out of without being married and what divorce means in the 1950s and all this stuff. It's so good. And I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. It's two seasons. Watch it now. Yeah. I was going to say, I haven't even heard of that, but that sounds so up my alley. Love that. Let's wrap these up. Okay. Favorite wellness obsession. Favorite wellness obsession, probably taking my Peak and Valley Adaptogen Mushroom Blend that has ashwagandha in it. We love ashwagandha. It is like blessing from the mushroom gods. I don't know. Um, what brand? My what wellness brand is it? Uh, tip, I mean... Wait, she wants the brand. Peak and Valley. It's also a Black-owned business by an incredible Black woman. So I highly recommend. And it's really beautiful packaged. My current wellness fixation is Lacey Phillips to be magnetic. Have you guys oh heard God, her? Scout's going to jizz her pants. Oh my I love God. her so a much. Friend- I love her. A friend of mine just turned me on to her um, hypnosis. I've been mentioning it like throughout the season. People have heard me talking about me doing hypnosis and that's who it's from. It's like Lacey Phillip has this, has different courses. Like I'm mm-hmm. doing the finance one hypnosis to kind of uncover my financial blocks. So it's actually been super eye-opening and I'm, I've only done like three of them and I have like 20 more to go, but... Already in like three sessions. I'm like, this is amazing. So big fan. Big fan. Okay. Favorite. I mean, I don't know if this is a fixation, but like favorite thing you've learned in the last year. If we don't like that one, we can go to the next one. No, 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 no. Wait. No, we've learned a lot. I just, I just, I just want to, I just want to think. I learned that Um, I'm safe in my emotions. I think I've learned that I am very much an ambivert. Um, I think people, when they meet me, think I'm an extrovert, uh, but I actually love being alone. And I think quarantine, honestly, has been the best. I mean, obviously, I mean, despite the you know global pandemic and death rate in our world right now, staying at home, I think I'm thriving. Like, I think I'm like really thriving in this new lifestyle. I'm not gonna lie. <sighs> I, I'm like kind of with you on that. Like I actually thought I was like an extrovert until this all happened. And I'm like, I'm, I love being alone. <laughs> like, love it. Great. Nowadays, love just like house. one one social interaction. And I'm like, okay, I'm done for the week. Like that's it. Yeah, this yeah. is just proven that I am an introvert and have always been an introvert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Last one. Favorite quote. Except the good. Oh, this is, I should know, I should have yeah, I know, this. I know what yours is. <laughs> what? Do the next do right the thing. Do the next right thing. 
So uh, was you, okay, you've like tainted that quote for me because you make fun of me and everyone makes fun of me when I say it. But Emily Weiss, the founder of Glossier, she said this on a podcast. She said the best advice she's been given that she gives to everyone is do the next right thing. And whatever the next thing is, just do it right. Do the next right thing. And I say it all the time. And now it's been tainted because everyone makes fun of me. And I think it's a great mantra. It is. I like it. I'm here for it. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. That's my favorite quote. I probably should have prepped for this. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to just like think of a quote. I know like there's so many quotes from Untamed that I should probably just like memorize so that I can just like spew out wisdom. Yeah. Um, This isn't even a quote, but I just have it. It's kind of like my new mantra for the year. That's a, yeah, not to like change the rules, but hey, it's my show. <laughs> there you go. New, new mantra for my new mantra for the year is everything is happening around me and I am truly taken care of. Oh, I love I have that. It. I have it on my phone. I have it like literally it's my screensaver. I see it every day, but I just like to, I have to repeat to myself, like I am taken care of. So tender. The world is that. not ending. I am taken care of. My so, screensaver nice. says, you are a magical being or something or you're doing great or something like that. I should probably know what it says. But yes, you're I doing have, great. It says you you're doing great, you magical being, something like that. I like that. I love that. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on this week. I feel like we learned a lot. We learned a lot. Um if people want more from you, where can they find you? You can listen to OKSIS podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That's O K A Y S A S and you can follow us on Instagram at OKSIS Podcast. And our link in the bio has all of the links to our secret Facebook group, to our newsletter, and all the fun stuff. Awesome. Thanks for being on. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right, that is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope you enjoyed this one. And I'm also on the OKSIS podcast if you want to check out that episode this week. As always, if you are enjoying the show, I'm going to encourage you to subscribe and leave a little review if you can. It takes only about a minute to leave a review and it really does make such a huge difference for the show. If you want to connect a little bit deeper after this episode, come join the secret Facebook group. I've linked it in show notes and I can't wait to hear some of your obsessions after this week. So with that, I'm going to leave you with a little weekly quote. This one comes from one of my favorite children's books that oddly just popped into my brain this week, but it's from Anne of Green Gables. Okay, throwback. She said, I'm so glad I live in a world where there are Octobers. Dude, Anne of Green Gables is a vibe. All right, that's it, friends. Enjoy your week, and I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>